May 8, 2011. It's a Watt from Pedro Show.
took a little road trip uh, was up in Chicago had a great time and I caught a little stooges up in Ann Arbor oh that's right yeah so I got out of town a little bit I'm looking at a yeah there a we go a couple knobs a little knobs here <laughs> a little knobs here uh, yeah I didn't get to see you no, you you were busy, man. You were you had a whole tour to take a break and then shift gears. So I imagine you had a pretty hectic uh, day there. That yeah, was a bitching time, explain. though. Uh, 
This tour I was on was called Hyphenated Man in North America, 2011. There's myself and the Missing Man, Tom Watson, Raul Morales, playing for people in U.S. and Canada. My third opera, Hyphenated Man. But at one point, uh, I had to leave them to do this gig. It was pretty far along in the uh, stream. I think I had done 40 straight gigs. And then in St. Paul, I had to leave them and fly to Ann Arbor and do this gig. Ronnie's sister Kathy put it together. Uh, Tribute to Ronnie. And um, did some song. I did one song with Hank Rollins. That was bitching. Henry did a great spiel. Hank did like a 25 minute spiel. He was awesome. (laughs) And ended up with like turning on a kid from Sri Lanka (laughs) on the Stooges (laughs) in his pad. And uh, ends up getting on the stage with James Williamson and Scotty Son and myself. And we do I Gotta Write. That was a trip. Yeah. Yeah, he was great. And then it came on. We did a bunch of raw power. Uh, there was an orchestra. Yeah, strings, horns. Yeah, that doing was... Stooges stuff all written for, you know, symphony instruments. is beautiful. They're playing behind us in a, behind a curtain. Right? Yeah. Or scrim or whatever. You, scrim is what you call that kind something of stuff? Something back there. Yeah. So uh, then Dennis Tech came on, and I, me and Scotty Son jammed with him on some uh, first album and Funhouse stuff. Dennis Tech, probably the closest to Ronnie guitar. That's what Scotty Son said. He said, yeah, he knew my uh, brother's guitar. They were very tight as buddies. And, uh, yeah, he was great. Everybody was. Ig, uh, Ig did a stage dive. Yeah. Got the key to the city. In that theater. <laughs> right. Yeah, that, that happened too. And also, <laughs> Kathy showed some photographs, like a slideshow. But what happened was, when I flew there, I went straight to the pad. It was at the Michigan Theater in Ann Arbor. I got drove over. Luckily, the weather had broke because it had been snowing. It was snowing the side of the road still. Big time. And uh, I went straight there and started practicing with them. And I stayed there till the gig time. I did the gig with them. And then uh, went and conked. And Ig had to do a bunch of chow and shit with people, meetings. But he ends up calling me. But I'm conked. But I hear the message the next day. Now, before the tour, he'd asked me to send him the third opera. Now, I never foist shit on him. I wait for him to ask for it. And then I I don't put weight on him for, like, an opinion. If he wants to talk, tell me about it, okay, he will. But I didn't hear anything, you know, all tour up to that point. And I listen to the message in the morning, and he starts it off with, uh, Hey, interrupted sleep man. <laughs> So I knew he, had <laughs> he told me this is stage diving, man. <laughs> <laughs> so I knew he had gotten it. And uh, 
one thing that made it difficult about having that orchestra, there was microphones back there. So some, and that place was built for like vaudeville and movies mm. or something. So not so much a rock roll. I don't know. You were in the crowd. What was the sound like out there? I was up in the middle of the balcony, and it sounded cool. It sounded cool. Okay, because a low uh, frequency hum came up on the stage and almost bogarted the whole uh. sound. Maybe the cellos and string bass. I don't know. It was a pretty bitching gig. Yeah, I was very happy to be there. It was a very cool time. Real (laughs) cool time. (laughs) Yeah, I had mixed up things. I really wanted to play good for them, and I was loving it. Yeah, Scotty Sign, Brother Steve, James Williamson. James Williamson... Brought out this lap steel. That was really pretty. Yeah. That was a heavy song. That was really pretty, yeah. Wow. It was for Ronnie. But on the other hand, I was feeling sad because that's who wasn't there. But here's a neat way, maybe, to uh, think of him. After that, you went to Chicago. Yeah. Yeah. So you missed us. You were... We played Chi-Town before that, mm-hmm. not too much before. Shubas had a good gig. Actually, had good gigs all over this tour. Yeah, much respect to the gig guards. They really uh, came out to see the opera. And most time, very happened. Sometimes mm-hmm. there'd be yammers. But I don't even know those dudes were coming to see the gig, you know. That's kind of how I ended up going up there, because I was going to Chicago. I had the plan already set. And then Phil Parker, he'd hit three, oh. of, the, three of the tours, yeah. The three of the gigs down there, and he was going up, and he said, "Hey, are you going to be up there?" And it's yeah. like, man, I'm going to be so close; it'd be a shame to miss it by a few miles and a few hours. So yeah. made a little flip flop of the plans and uh, yeah. switched this and switched that, and, and made it happen. So, so hung out with Phil up there; that was cool. That was so, the first time to that. Time, yeah, huh? yeah, yeah. That was a great little theater to get to check that it out. Total cool hometown town. deal. Yeah, it's a school town, the University of. Michigan's there, Wolverine. Mm. Uh, but it's home of Stooges. Mm. Ig actually grew up next door in Ypsilanti. But the whole thing's about 35, 40 miles west of Detroit, so I guess you could call it a little bit Detroit. Uh, in Detroit, we actually played a suburb I've never been to before called Ferndale. And that was a neat gig. We got to go to a really righteous record store. I went to a few record stores this tour. A lot of them were carrying vinyl. You wouldn't believe it. Some of the stores, like this one in Detroit, called People's Record. And there was one in uh, Oklahoma City, too, that were only vinyl. Wow. No digital. Yeah. God, I can't remember the one in OK City, but it was cool. Actually, that dude, that boss... He ran the gig next door. Uh, the venue, yeah. Uh-huh. That was one of the best. Cool. There was a lot of great gigs, you know. Um, now, well, Friday we played in Indio. Right. Far, further than San Diego, actually. So counting that one, uh, 69 times. We've done the opera, third opera now, 69 times. So Wednesday here at the Bootleg Theater in K-Town, it'll be number 70. Cool. So I'm finally getting a handle on this. Uh, 
had to like beat it into me, you know. There was so much going on. And still sometimes it's a little rough. I know James Williamson came to San Francisco gig and I was worried about wanting to play for him real good. So sometimes when you do like that, you actually choke. Mm -hmm. But there's also one dude who was yammering uh, big time. This cat was in his own world. It was a trip. You know, sold out gig and stuff. Maybe he just goes there on Fridays. I don't know, man. But this guy was like very opaque to the situation. You <laughs> know what was going on. And some of this stuff, some of the parts, like Mouse Headed Man, it gets to whispering, you know. I never told anyone to shut up. There's enough cops in their lives. Uh, it was kind of a challenge, you know, to hold the focus and not get distracted. I a little bit did in Denver, I remember. Um, a lot of this stuff's in the diary. I wrote uh, a diary about every gig. Tom Watson did like a the audio voice game. version. <laughs> it's up there on the YouTube. <laughs> and Raul would sometimes chip in. Bob Sarr never got anything out. Uh, Bob. He did some handwritten things that I took some digital pictures of, but he hasn't given me the order uh, yet. And Pete got it all documented in her bitchin' photos, she, huh? Man, this Pete took five, six hundred pictures a day. She's wow. got over 30,000 shots. Wow. She's in now. She went back. Wow. Yeah, she was tough. The sickness came on her. One came on Tom Watson, too, and uh, I had to get them up to clinics up in Ottawa, Canada, because it was heavy. He had the bacteria kind, so the antibiotics went and booted their ass, uh -huh. but... Miss Peek had the viral, and she had to just uh, ride the shit out. Uh, she did, though. She did, and no whining. You know, she was she was great. She was really happening mm. to have along. She was kind of a, a rudder, a keel kind of uh, facilitator, too, in that way. She was Peek's very level person, so... Mm. It was great to have her aboard. I haven't traveled with that many people. In yeah, a long full time. boat, full boat, five people in the boat. And uh, oh, there was the Canada stuff was four because Bob didn't come over; uh -huh. he stayed in the U.S. Uh -huh. But mainly it was five. And then the first couple gigs, we didn't get to Bob's until Albuquerque. Mm -hmm. So that worked out pretty good having him along for the merch. He was uh, yeah, interesting. It was tough for him. You know, people, I know they might like kind of think about it and maybe wish for it, but till you've done it, I don't know if Torn is cut out for everyone. Uh -huh. Yeah, it's kind of a trippy life. Now, my men, Tom Watson, Raul Morales, no problem. They're veterans. Those guys, yeah, veteranos and no whining, no belly aching, nothing but them giving everything they got every gig. Mm. And they can hang with the you know, it's a day-to-day -day pound yeah. down. you got to live in the day. You can't really look at the thing like, whoa, this many this week. This many this week. It's whatever days this week, that's what it's going to be. Uh -huh. Well, they had that day off when I went to uh, Stooges gig where you were. And they had another one. We had a drive day. The drives out west were so big that between Lawrence and Denver, I said, let's be calm. And in fact, that one turned out great. We got to go to the Wizard of Oz Museum in Kansas. Oh, wow. The Wizard of Oz is a big 
yeah factor in the fucking third opera bitching so. is that pretty cool yeah it was a trip you know the movie's much different than the books I think there's 13 books well Frank, Frank Baum. Baum yeah yeah started off trying to get a business going with Grease for hubs on axles and wheels yeah from Greece, he ended up with the fucking Oz story. So he has a lot of oral story. He's sitting around telling stories to all the kids in the town. That's yeah, the way they all came yeah. about, huh? But right away, he started making plays. I mean, he was a kind of a mover guy <laughs> to make things happen. <laughs> and he, yeah, he failed at a lot of stuff. And what ended up panning out was his story. It worked out for him. I think he ended up moving to Cali. Yeah. It's trippy. They had a lot of the artifacts. Saw many versions of the flying monkeys. You know, much different in the book. The film's made from maybe four of the books. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's actually no book called The Wizard of Oz. No. It's a compilation. Huh? And the thing that I took for it for my opera ain't in the books. My The big scene for me is at the end when she sees the farm workers right the hands three guys uh-huh. you were there and you were there cause they were the yeah the character lion. yeah you were there the tin man the scarecrow and that was my trip for the third opera it was like this is what it's about man Dorothy it's a coming of age story for her but not like you know getting boned or anything there's uh-huh. no love interest except maybe Toto but she's tripping on what dudes do to be dudes. Mm. That was my take on it. I don't know what Mr. Baum was thinking. But I was thinking, look at her. She's freaking on this stuff. The monkey man, the witch's guards man, you know, the tin man, the scarecrow, the man behind the curtain man. Mm. Who kind of lets it all out of the hat when they come up to him after making that big hell ride. Oh, where I come from, if you're smart, you get a diploma. If you're brave, you get a medal. If you got a heart, you get a clock. You got kind of a weep. <laughs> Actually, he in the book, he's a tin uh, woodsman. Mm. Yeah, there's another metal man called Tin Tin. I think that's his name. And he's a copper man. Yeah. He, they, you know what Hollywood does. I, actually, there was another movie, too. Me and Tom Watson were checking out these posters. There was some another one made in the 80s. And it kind of used stuff from the other books. And Tom Watson discovered, looking at the promo poster, my pop did this poster. Oh, wow. Yeah, Tom Watson's pop. OJ, he's a illustrator. So this was some, like, side work he did. Wow. Yeah. What a trip. That was a trip. Actually, the, one of the ladies inside now. Now, this this town that the museum's in, it's west of Topeka off of the I-70. It's called uh, Wagimo. W-A-G-E-M-O. Small little town. And uh, we're looking through there in the museum. And, uh, yeah, they told us there's like a Wizard of Oz festival. And they, oh, you got an opera that has some of this in there? Why don't you play for it? But they, they don't understand it. It's kind of metaphor, you know. 
Like a lot of people don't get the Wizard of Oz connect. Everybody was tripping on the Bosch thing because of the little creatures. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then the little songs, Minute Man. They weren't. Maybe I didn't make the Wizard of Oz thing obvious enough. I don't know. People were tripping on it. After a while, people didn't ask me anymore, you're playing the whole thing? Because <laughs> it was one song. Of course, you're playing the whole thing. We're going to do it on KXLU with Chris Kenny. Oh, I saw that. Yeah, Coast. yeah. It's right on. on the 19th. Right on. Yeah, because I always like to play my albums over there. Mm -hmm. God, we've been spieling a lot, but man, let's do some music. Cool.
come out someplace. <laughs> hey, brother, man. Okay, we heard about... Uh, start off with a Wakine doing... You know, they never gave me a title. The file just said Mike, so... This is when I played with those cats at the end of uh, the tour in Tokyo, November. Uh, Wakine. Yeah, brother. Tack. Uh... I know it's been heavy with them. Even though it was in the north, the earthquake, the Tohoku, and all that, those people washed out to see and everything. A lot of the hell is from the Fukushima reactor. Mm. They just went in there trying to get things cooled down. They, they can't even shut it down now uh. for months. And uh, everything getting radiated. So... These guys, that's a big concern now, you know, it's this radiation thing. In fact, there's a, Eko-san was telling me there's, a lot of the reactors were built smart. They checked it out, no no faults. Mm -hmm. But there's one that's right sitting on one. And uh -huh. I think there was a demonstration today, shut it down. You know? Yeah, why Got wait? a thing on a fault. Why wait? No, we had one here. They never let get started, but mm -hmm. that Diablo Canyon was sitting right. on the fault. So, I know the Wakimia guys are involved with that. I got a really sad email from Mr. Shimmy. You know, he stayed a long time, him and Mizuko. I think because of Nels. Nels Klein ponied up the money because they didn't want him going back right away. In fact, when I played New York City and got the worst monitors of the tour, you know. Uh. Good pad, but I had to mind that whole thing. You know, but... Besides that, uh, the end of the gig comes up, you know, and I'm feeling kind of toilet bowl because it's like, man, what was that like? But look, people were saying, okay, we were into a what, but man. But anyway, I hear this sound coming through the crowd, and uh, Mike, Mike, it's Mr. Shimmy and Miss Yuko. They come running through. Yeah, they were the star of New York City. Wow. Yeah, it blew my mind away. <laughs> But anyway, they did go back a couple weeks ago, and I got an email from Mr. Shimmy, and he said the spirit is low. Yeah. So, whatever we can do to help get that up. A lot of guy Gene bailed. Mm. Well, the government stole him to. Uh -huh. Handing out the iodine tablets. Okay, we uh, heard back like eight track after that. Go team, rock and roll, uh, Velvet Underground song. Uh, something live from Cinderella Backstreet. Cinderella Backstreet was a band with uh, Peter Laffner who ended up starting Perubu. Mm. When I was in Cleveland, Perubu drummer Scott Krause came to the gig. Cool. With his son. <coughs> Very cool. In fact, after that, we heard Brother Love by Home and Garden, which is Scott Krause's band. Tony Mamoni's a big part of it, too. Also at that gig in Cleveland was um, John Pekovich. Ah, cool. Yep, Stanislav Zabich. No Waskovich, though. Man, no. Waskovich was not doing that. Where's Wasko? But. Cobra Verde juice yeah, around. I, well, he's a scarcity of danger. Uh, but I did get an email from him when I got home, and he flowed me uh, chords and words for a new Toothless Grin tune. Two of them, in fact. So, 
Wasco's not out of the picture, but he wasn't at the gig. Uh. Yeah. He stayed at Demos's pad right next door in Shaker Heights. And Uncle Ray was there. Cool. Yeah, very cool. Uh, oh, today. Thomas oh, Pynchon's birthday. Hey, right. It's Mother's Day, too. Sorry, yeah. Tom, you had to compete. Hello to all the mothers. With the moths, but... So he's supposed to read some stuff in public, or... or okay, just, like, my, my, I'm supposed to be Zabby. You're supposed uh-huh. to really pick a character for one of his books. Mm. I got something here. Uh, his last book was called Inherent Vice. It's kind of a, a little takeoff on lot, Crying a Lot 49, where uh, for a little while he lived in SoCal. Maybe Dondo. Mm. And... Uh, this is set in that area, although he gives different names, but you can tell. Mm-hmm. And uh, he has some detective who smokes a lot of Mota and stuff. In fact, I heard he smokes a lot of Mota. And in fact, I found this voiceover. He actually did like some promo for this book where he speaks. Uh, no pictures. Uh, you know, he ain't into that stuff or interviews. But he speaks, and I got that. Uh, I'll play that right now. If you're driving south from L.A. International, it should take no more than a hit or two off of your favorite brand of cigarette before you're right here in Gordita Beach, California. Well, no, actually, this used to be the beach. Later on, all this is going to go high-rise, high-rent, high-intensity. But right now, back in 1970, what it is is just high. An ounce of Mexican commercial should run you no more than $10. And that's with the seeds and stems, of course. The neighbors here run mostly to surfers and dopers and stewardesses, or more correctly, I guess, steward I live in Gordita because it's close to the airport and tend to hang out between flights and the bars up and down the street. So pretty much every night here is party night. Oh, my name, uh, my name's Doc, and I'm a private gumshoe. Nowadays, more like gum sandal. I used to work the traditional Hollywood type of PI gig, setting up drug busts for parties and divorce cases, or helping the cops out with their many shakedown schemes and so forth. But since I moved out here to the beach, I've been more into the smaller tickets. Less karmic hassle, less guilt tripping, which doesn't bring in that much money, sometimes none at all. Sometimes it's even me that ends up paying the tab, whether it's in cash or something heavier. And that's, you know, it's groovy, or I guess it was groovy, till one night my ex-old lady shows up with a story about her boyfriend or actually older guy friend and his wife, her boyfriend. At that point, it gets sort of peculiar. Maybe you'll just want to read the book, Inherent Vice, Penguin Press, 2795. 2795? Really? That used to be like three weeks of groceries, man. What year is this again?
mein Bike. Hey! Walking cheetah with a heart full of napalm Runaway son of a nuclear A-bomb I'm the world's forgotten boy The one who searches and destroys Honey, gotta help me please Somebody gotta save my soul Baby, Detonate for me Look out, honey I'm using technology I ain't got time To make no apology Soul radiation In the dead of night Love in the middle of a firefight Honey, gotta strike me blind Somebody gotta save my soul Baby, penetrate my mind I'm the world's forgotten boy The one who searches and destroys I'm the world's forgotten boy I'm searching to destroy Searching to destroy Honey, gotta strike me blind And penetrate my mind Honey, gotta help me please Baby, detonate for me Baby, detonate for me Baby, detonate for me Walking cheetah with a heart full of napalm I'm the runaway son of a nuclear A-bomb I'm the world's forgotten boy The one who searches and destroys Honey, gotta help me, please Somebody gotta save my soul Baby Detonate for me Baby Detonate for me
Live from Pedro Show. You just heard Be a Hobo by Hobo Combo. Yeah. Hobo Combo's got on drums Andrea Belfi, who is uh, also drummer for El Sonio de Mainayo. Uh, Soon uh, debut album out. Cool. With, uh, Stefano Palia on guitar and myself on bass. Before that, we had Dry Friday by Agit Pop. Agit Pop from Poughkeepsie, New York. Brand new album from them. Rick, Mark, John. Back in the South has been many, many years. Before that, we had Doug Walker doing a trippy interpretation of Search and Destroy. <laughs> That's great. Doug opened up for us in Charleston, South Carolina, early in the last tour. And, uh, yeah, he played that, and it was like, whoa, things got to hear this one. Before we heard uh, that, we heard something from the old days, Francisco, No Mercy, that's no with the H, N-O-H, uh, Caucasian Guild, uh, trippy band. And we start off with Tom's Pynchon kind of doing a commercial for his latest novel, Inherit Vice. He did that back in 2009. Uh, but happy birthday, Mr. Tom. Yay. Uh, 74 years old. We were just talking about a former teacher of ours who's in charge of the SEAL. Yeah, the Marine Mammal Care Center. Marine Mammal, yeah. Yeah, It's not just SEALs. It's sea lions. It's uh, harbor SEALs. It's elephants. Yeah, it just has some elephants. I didn't know about that. I didn't know they came to the South. And got some uh, babies we trained to. Uh, yeah, straight up by a prac pad. That's you right. You could probably catch some and of the right stragglers. And right next to the oil bird. Right. For the pelicans. Yeah. Uh, you been yakking? I've been just probably twice since you've been gone. Wow. And uh, just loaned one out today to go with my friend Boss going fishing. Oh, respect. So, yeah. Respect. You got a new trailer. So We're at the end day. of the first hour. Uh, coming up in hour two, we got... First, uh, Brother Matt Spin Cycle in a couple of months. And then third hour, we got the thrilling conclusion of Jack Flanders Jack. and uh, uh, Steamship Dreamer. Yeah. I think that's what it's called. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Hold tight for hour two. Okay. Uh, May 8th, 2011. This is the second hour of the Watt from Pedro show.
This truck is riding my ass, she said. It's one of those two-lane sections of interstate. One of those spots on major highways between major population centers. We are the mouse, and the big rigs are the cat. If we change lanes, we're going to be stuck behind another semi, I said. I know. Not like the other ones would even let us over. Why we decided to take a trip to Canada in mid-December was beyond me. It was cold enough in Cleveland, but nothing compared to the wintry mix we encountered north of the border. We duck into every shop on Queen Street, putting on a charade of browsing, just to get the feeling back in our faces, if only for a moment. The specter of frostbite in that more inviting northern civilization was nothing compared to the mad truck driver on our tail in the vast no-man's land outside of Buffalo. Where exactly does he expect us to go, she queried. Damn it, he's speeding up. The road before us was soft white, ice crystals fluttering in the air. The picture postcard looked you would enjoy. If a lunatic riding a multi-ton weapon of mass destruction wasn't trying to force you off the road. He was on our bumper now. Does he get off on this, I wondered. Forcing the little guy out of his way. He must have a tiny dick to have to compensate like this. The road was getting more slick. Even driving the speed limit was too fast. The snowman's land didn't have any streetlights, so he just hoped what lay ahead was straight. Christ, he's practically touching us, she said. I'd feel violated if I were in a bar. The line of traffic in the other lane was finally clearing, but the leader was matching our speed. Let's speed up and get over, I said. I just want to be home, she said. We sped up a little bit, feeling the car slip and slide. A horn blared to greet our entrance into the slow lane, courtesy of the driver we just cut off. Our pursuer sped up, disappearing in the white blackness ahead. My head was filled with romantic visions of wrecked semi, broken glass and bent metal, covered in virgin snow. We never saw our pursuer again. Safe. I wouldn't bring you here, girl Let me kiss your face And stay away from fear 
Second hour, pretty quiet Sunday. Yeah. Where's all yeah. the big boom boom on the pipes and shit? <laughs> you know? Wow. Yeah, it's cool. Got a little chill still. Probably summer crowds. What's not Pedro out been like? 
Well, oh, I heard keep a couple days around. before I came home there was a huge raid on Rancho. Oh, man. Operation Pirate Town. It wasn't just Rancho. It was like 1,500 cops, like a small army, just invaded most feds. of Pedro. Yeah, feds, all kinds of different, different uh, branches. Um, warrants, housing, HUD. Um, got all kinds of weapons, drugs, but on that side of town, the gangs have been pretty, pretty much around some of those neighborhoods, pretty yeah, much. So. Rancho, for sure. Yeah. So, um, people over on that side seemed pretty happy that it happened. Uh, my brother was driving off work. He got off work in the harbor at like three in the morning or something. It was driving. Everything was blocked off. He had a zigzag because they had Gaffy. The whole flow in the town was like their major commando center. Um, wow. That they used for like just controlling it. The Not hard. Um, yeah, yeah. Because um, I guess that was centrally located. They had stuff off of, on Patton, also on that side of town. So all over town, the whole segments were just blocked off. Wow. And there was also another big thing in town happened while I was gone. Some you were um, with me. Yeah, yeah. I, I was out in the out there, and uh, there was this train tour came in down to ports of call with the red uh, car goes mumford mumford and family is some band called that i don't know them i think it's k-rock band edward and the scissor hands or something like that i don't know but this train tour was going from town to town and they had yeah. a pit stop in pedro wow and that whole giant parking lot there at ports of call like yeah. where where that Dead Children Festival yeah, was that I, time, I mean, uh, Murdered Children's. Uh, yeah, yeah, that was that was uh, in that same general zone. That whole yeah. b- b- big. Um, so, I heard that was a really big event that went off real smooth and cool. Nobody I know went because nobody knows those bands. Okay, but yeah. I guess the people that like those bands, people came from all over I the place. I played a gig in Salt Lake City. It was called the Complex. They had four different clubs in this one building. Had a rave thing. Had one for old <laughs> punk people like me, and uh, one that had uh, uh, some you know, the, the hat dancer, the Northanian. Wow, band. they had the biggest crowd, <laughs> and then they had a K Rock uh, room, wow. you know, and it, <laughs> club complex. <laughs> I couldn't believe it, like one stop shopping, trippy, trippy new options. But yeah, you're right. The, the the vans came in. There was maybe Salt Lake's got two or three of these stations. They're all the same. They don't like this. Like, hey, wow. And all the bands are like, gong, 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 gong. and uh, yeah, it was a trip. But yeah, well, probably young people want to hear all kinds of stuff. People their own age, maybe. Yeah, <laughs> I guess the Pedro people knew how to go about it. They got to watch and be there without tickets just because they, like, hung on Harbor <laughs> Boulevard watching down, or Utro's was so, fenced off to be like a big beer garden right in the middle of the whole thing <laughs> or something like that. So, yeah, it sounded interesting, but oh. I missed out. Yeah, okay, but those were the two big things. Yeah, yeah. The K-Rock band came to town <laughs> and the Fed okay. That was it for two yeah. months. Pedro's good that way. <laughs> Doesn't change a whole lot. <laughs> I should get back to these songs. Okay. Starting off the second hour was uh, this record's from the middle of the 90s. It's called 
the, the band's called Four, F-O-R-E. It's like golfing. <laughs> yeah, or also I think uh, the front of the boat. Mm. Yeah, like right. fore and aft. Right. That was the name of the paper. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's the class I had with the lady who put together the Inquisitive Musician uh, uh, play. I was in last night. LACMA. Inquisitive Musician. <laughs> oh, man, that was too much. I wish Raymond would have been there, but he's out traveling. Then we heard, uh, oh, the song's called Space Out. And then we heard, uh, what am I supposed blank? Yeah. By uh, Paul Marotta. And then Black Boots by Jack Oblivion. He's a legend of Memphis. Garage scene from the 90s. Uh, the captain. This cat uh, named the captain turned me on him. And then Shitty Ending by Withdrawal. But it's W-I-T-H-D-R-O-L. Withdrawal. Uh. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. Maybe you start You'll withdrawal. <laughs> after you <laughs> get that going. Brother Matt, um, it's been two months since we had a spin cycle. Well, Would you bring it for Cool. You got funky little new boots, I think, for starters. In the beginning, there was total darkness. And out of this darkness there came a word called Falk. From the high trinity of Falk, three undeniable geniuses, the Godfather himself, James Brown, the Falk master, George Clinton, and the Falk teacher, Bootsy Collins. Just that word Falk represented all that was funky and funked up in the world so it was kept out of the mainstream of the so-called civilized or deodorized world. The one looked down upon us and saw Sir Nose devoid of funk and said this is not good for humans to be funkless and separated from the one. You see, one is not a lonely number when it contains the essence of all that is. The one said, I will send the spirit of the buck gun down in the flesh of George Clinton to triumph over this faultless invader of organized chaos. Then with a blast from his buck gun, George reached out his hand and began to speak in an unknown faulted up tongue. No one on earth understood this P-Funk language. No one except his personal fucked up disciples and they were sent out all around the world for the fun. Who, me? I'm your brother and funk man, Cornell West here, bringing you the good funkin' news. May you live as long as you want, but never want as long as you live, baby. While living in a world of freedom Because intelligence is a Herders. 
dimensions of time, your past, your present, and your future. You got to respect yourself, have confidence in yourself. Who told you to doubt yourself? Who told you you can't soar like an ego? Who told you that you ought to demean yourself? Straighten your back up. When you straighten your back up, you're going somewhere. Cause folk can't ride your back unless it's been. Stand away, slide stone said. Somebody loved you, somebody cared for you, somebody attended to you. Make sure that love flows to you. That's what it means to keep love on the one. Young folk, we love you. We know you can be grander than you are. And we know that the funk means it's not just about the fun, but the K. And the K is about knowledge, and the knowledge is about courage, and the courage about service, and the service is about sacrifice. Get the words of the great Martin Luther King Jr. who said that love is the key that unlocks the door to ultimate reality. Let us understand the words of James Baldwin when he said, Love forces us to take off the mask. We know we cannot live within, but fear we cannot live without. That's the kind of love on the one we talking about. We want to affirm one another. We want to encourage one another. We want to uplift one another. That's why James Brown, George Clinton, that's why Aretha Franklin, that's why Theodore Pendergrass, that's why Bugsy Collins is on the And if you own a ship of fools, let it be said that you're not the captain there. Uh, a lot of people found the Wallkill Assembly startling, even surprising. What would you say to them? Well, from now on, a lot of people are going to find a whole lot of things. Ten times more startling, ten times more surprising. It all depends on where their head's at. Let's pretend that a flying saucer's coming down. Instead of checking it out or really seeing what it's about, they're going to try to shoot it down, first of all. In other words, an unknown thing. So this is very unknown to the people who are surprised, isn't it? But they should try to get, you know, get into it, see what it's really about. Into the future, and we think it's all about us. 
very much, Brother Matt. Cool. What was on the fucking stove top this week? What was simmering it up? Uh, just the basic funk uh, started. It's a little fresh bootsy. And then... Uh, it's Cincinnati. Yeah, got a little jazz touch there yeah. with some salutes. That's and, on his uh, new thing? Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, he could The funk capital of the world. Yeah, of course. <laughs> Where else? <laughs> but the big bootsy man. Brother Matt, you see yeah. Bootsy's going to be torn? Yeah, yeah, I just saw that. Wow. So that's cool. I want to catch that out. Yeah. Get on the funk, Meister. I remember he did a bass solo when he was over here at Torrance. And uh, he made Michael Hampton hold his ears, put his fingers in his ears, <laughs> his bitch. You know, Raymond went. That's the Bristol Farms. I think it's shut down now. Is it? All those gigs that happened in that joint. That was called uh, Plush Pony or some crap. Yeah. Strand, I think, when yeah. he played there. It was a Bristol farm, like Holworth? Yeah, something like that. Chic no, market. No, it's not, I think. Across from Fatburger. <laughs> you know what that is. <laughs> That's still there. So, you've been taking classes. Yep, I'm back in the school mode. Yeah, what's the mode? Some master's program. Master's program. Master's. I feel like at work, I'm working harder, I'm making less. I'm like a chunk of Al Pastor just getting whittled away. I'm not or complaining. Less. not complaining. It's all okay, but I uh, just see the future whittling away with it. So I want to have another plan B. Yeah, um, bravo. Yeah, so that... Uh, I'm already doing the job of administrator, you know, so with all the charter school and various reform bullshit going yeah. on, it's presenting new opportunities or new situations, so yeah. who knows what's going to unfold, but at least I'll have this in my pocket, ready to jump on something if it's cool. What was your weather like here in Pedro when I was gone? It's been kind of fluctuating. There were some days since I've been back that were really bitching. When I was gone, it wasn't that great. I heard kind of drizzly and gray. Um... But then when I got back, there were a couple of days like you could feel summer was happening. It was like near 80. And wow. then and then it got foggy. So I walked to work the other day in a fog. By the time I got there, it was all soggy. But uh, it's all good. It's warmer and it's coming Water around. The tour for the U.S. and Canada was late, late spring. Ah. Yeah, some really bad weather, you know, the tornadoes and that. But there was snow on the side of the roads. Like we were talking in Ann Arbor. It was... Luckily for Ken, I had the sun out, but there was snow right there. No crazy hailstorms? Uh, no, lucked out. Some heavy-ass rains. Came over the Siskiyou and there was some hail coming. Uh. But made it over. Uh, but it was a late, late spring for a lot of the country. Mm. In the northeast and the midwest we were in. You know who was really good on the tour? For ten gigs we were with light. Ah, how'd they like the South? Yeah, that was from Texas to Georgia they did. Yeah, they were digging on it. They played their asses off. And gig goers really dug them. I bet. First time I was in New Orleans for seven, eight years since Katrina. Maybe 2004, 2003 was the last time. Man, it was great to play there again. We had a badass gig. It's a pad called the Shim Sham Club. It's called, uh, has another name now, One-Eyed Jacks. 
like an old uh, theater, a little theater. Oh, bitching. Yeah, bitching in the French Quarter. Yeah. Oh, cool. Good gig. A lot of good gigs. The tour, I don't know. Very happening. Something about maybe going out with an album, too. But to work the opera for people, too, is, uh, is very interesting. People really didn't know what they're getting into. Mm-hmm. But I appreciate them for the mind and open hearts, man. People were very righteous to play to a lot of, and, and also cock pads, many uh-huh. great hosts uh, for all over. A lot of good opening bands. Bitching. Yeah, pretty near always Get local. Turned on all kinds of cool music on the whole yeah, trip. Yeah. Huh? It was an happening tour. I could feel it. it was, you know, fifty-two days with one day off. I could feel it a little bit, but I was the only cat of the whole crew that didn't get sick. Raul got sick, but not bad like Tom uh-huh. uh, and Miss P. Uh, Bob's signing went in and out of sickness. He got the grippers, his hands got all uh-huh. hurt up. It was kind of a struggle for him in a way, but I know he was glad he did it. Uh-huh. Yeah, he's going to, uh, Tuesday, come by Pedro before he... It's on the train back to Placidas. Oh, cool. New cool. Mexico. So it must have been nice just to have somebody dealing with that so you didn't have to concentrate on something else uh, like normal. Well, it was a lot more relief. stuff. Yeah. Usually I'm just slinging shirts, but I brought music. Sold all the vinyls. Bitching. Sold well, all the shirts, all the. Yeah, pretty near everything we brought with us. Uh, again, people being very kind. I wouldn't really give any spiels about it. Bob's trying to be over there, you know, uh. table or something. It's mainly, well, when I left on the tour, the first thing I told myself, I'm going to get my guys back safe. Number two, going to work this piece the best we can for all the gig goers. Work all week and come to, you know, witness whatever. And then after that, everything falls in line. You know, those are the two main things. Mm. Get my guys back safe and do the peace for the people the best we can. Everything else, you know, of course you want to hold your health, and I did. I didn't do any uh, cigarettes the whole time. Wow. Yeah. Only uh, drank at the cock pads. Cock before almost every gig. One gig I did in Portland. Uh, I got there and waited for Richard Meltzer to show up uh-huh. and spent the whole afternoon and nighttime with him. Oh, uh, cool. Yeah, I was really bitching. That was a great thing for me to be able to do. Be with Richard and his adopted Portland town. Cool. And uh, just rapping, you know, a lot about... We heard the Spiel Gusher once a day. A couple days we didn't hear it Mm because the drives were too short. But there's an album coming out in September uh, where he gave me 48 spoken words. In fact, he's, and there's 14 instrumentals and three spiels only, so there's uh, hmm, 65 altogether. And he's coming up with titles with all this. Ah. But this album's called Spiel Gusher. It's got Mr. Shimmy and Ms. Yuko. Ah. Myself, we did a bunch of music for these spoken words he gave me. Ten of them, in fact, were uh, going to be used with the mm-hmm. Minuteman. Ah. Yeah, so... Uh, 25 Bitching. years later there's wow. 
that day, and it really tripped him out when I gave it to him, and he heard it with the music. I said, yeah, it kind of made it uh, friendly, more friendly. That's what he said, his wife said, too. And, uh, we almost had it memorized. We had pounded it into our brain so much. Uh-huh. That goes for Raul and Tom. Very, very interesting project. Bob Sons says he's going to write me an essay on it. That was actually the idea of doing it every day, but then it just got into it. It was a great way to start the driving off. It's mm-hmm. Richard and uh, uh, Roland in the Cotto line. Cool. Cotto line held up very, very strong. God, oh, she awesome. was incredible. Yeah. I did the regular 3,000 mile oilers, maintenances. She was, uh, well, the 350s are over designed. I never went to the floor with the pedal, that big 6.8 liter V10 mm. Triton. And then the brakes, you know, huge oversized discs, all four. And, uh, yeah, 92,000 miles. Stop and had to do brakes. Uh, nice. Very happy. Nice. The Michelin tires. I just, Held together. That that stuff you don't. You you talking about not worrying about stuff. That's what you don't want to worry about. Mm. Is, uh, what's, uh, the boat is going to get way away laid. You know, it's the center of the touring universe. So very blessed in the boat. Mm. Yeah, it was a good thing. Really was, and and my health. Man, I was. I would feel weak at points, but to not get sick. You know, like. I could see them guys going through the hell with the hacks and then us. Yeah, that's why when you were getting ready to take off, last show before you took off, I didn't want to be... That's why you didn't want to affect me this so much, brother, man. I did have to do some lodges a little bit. A little bit of cough, but... Because that was a tough thing to do spiel that many days in a row. Yeah. But then it turns into a syrup. Too much cough drops. Yeah, Mm. I have to hack hack up these big ones, but... It worked out. I, I felt... Very lucky. The gig goers, the boat, my men, Miss Peak, everybody was yeah. aiding and abetting towards the mm. tour. You remember that dude, Ted uh, Ted Hawkins? Ted Hawkins. He used to call him the king of the beach. He used to sit on a milk crate out in Venice like eight, ten hours a day. Wow. Singing like, like uh, I don't know Venice uh, Sam Cooke well. or... Uh, he, he, he used to have him on the blue shift a lot. He ended up making a few albums. Oh, good um, singer, man. Yeah, he had a voice. But he'd be on the beach all day long singing the weekend. His voice would be shot all week. Um, and he'd come to the show on Wednesday because Wednesday it wasn't healed up yet. For The blue shift was Wednesday nights. And he would sing all Friday and Saturday, all Saturday and Sunday down at the beach all day long. And his voice would, like, be shot. So... Since the show was Wednesday, it wasn't back yet. He'd come up with a whole bag of lemons, like he robbed somebody's tree, you know, <laughs> and just be yeah, borrowed them, uh, procreated, um, uh, procured, <laughs> um, whatever. And he'd just suck uh, down lemons. It's just a whole show in between songs. Appropriated. Oh yeah, appropriate. Yeah. <laughs> he'd be sucking down them lemons. Yeah, a whole sack, man. Just like. And then just cut through all the shit so you could sing the next song. It was oh, amazing, the whole, the whole process. King Ted. Ted Hawkins. Okay. I'll wait for you in a second hour, brother Matt. Oh. 
We're going to bring on the fucking mighty conclusion. Jack. Jack's latest. Jack's coming trip. back to wrap it up. So, everybody, hold tight. It's May 2011. Watch Peter Show. Hold tight for hour three. May 8, 2011. It's the third hour of the Bot from Pedro show. And it's time now for the thrilling conclusion. Part 8 of 8. Jack Flanders. And Steam Dreamers of Inverness. (laughs) Jack, Mojo, and Claudine are at the western tip of the floating island. Above them, the great zeppelin that has been moored to one of the abandoned buildings is now covered with vines. The captain and his crew have been waging a losing battle. The vines have covered the hull. The zeppelin is being dragged down into the jungle below. Jack and Mojo have found a power station that appears to sustain the city. Mojo has been trying to shut down the system at least long enough to free the zeppelin. Hey, you found Claudine. Mojo, what are you doing? I'm trying to destroy the island. Why? What's going on? Oh, man, that zeppelin is covered with vines. They're pulling it down into the jungle. What can we do? This power station feeds those vines, but I can't shut it down. So the captain has ordered me to destroy it. You will destroy us, too. I'm in a bit of a quandary about that. Wait a minute. Claudine. You knew there was a drainage system that fed the jungle. How did you know that? I I just knew. Or was it Colette who knew? Did you know this? Of course I knew. Jack, you were right. She knew. Ask her if she understands how this system works. Colette? I hear him quite clearly. She can hear you, Jack. Oh, that ought to speed things up, then. I have been inside. It's a beautiful design. She has been inside it. She may understand how it works. Can she shut it down? You will destroy everything. But just temporarily. Just so we can get free of this island. Oh, man. Speaking of down, I can see those vines are pulling down the zeppelin. Colette, can you shut it down? But everything will die. But I will die, too. Uh, oh, what should I do? If you can shut it down when we are gone... Then you turn it back on. Feed the jungle again. But I will have to stay. Oh, please. Do it for me. Captain, it's Jack. How are you holding up? Uh, we are not. We are being pulled into that infernal jungle. Can you hold on just a little longer? Tell the captain. Give it to me. Captain von Bonbon. Claudine, they have found you. Oh, good, good. We are trying to shut down the system. All is not lost. Not yet. Every wine we chop to more grow. Chop, 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 to grow more vine. Tell them to rest. If they do nothing, that may slow things down. Captain, take a rest. We're trying to help. Right now, it's best if you do nothing. Uh, yeah, yeah. The vines, they are like the tails of Satan. They reach, they grasp, they cling, they squeeze. Captain, do nothing. We'll get back to you. 
that sounds serious. Um, is Colette still here? No, she's gone. Will she help? I think she'll try. Can an imaginary friend affect things that are physical? I don't know. But Jack, are you forgetting how much of this is really physical? Hmm. Hey, have you noticed? Those lights on the wall, they quit flashing. And those dolls settled back. I think Colette is closing things down. Jack, did you have an imaginary friend when you were a child? <laughs> no, I just daydreamed a lot. So, uh, what do we do now? Just sit tight and see what happens? That's all we can do. And so time passes. Every now and then, Mojo looks out a window to report that the Zeppelin hasn't been drawn further down into the jungle. You know, these vines aren't evil. I mean, if you stand still long enough, they'll wrap around you. Because that's what vines do. And when they discovered those Zeppelin cables attached to the building where they were clinging already, well, it was like, hey... I think I'll just wind around this and see where it takes me. And then, when they discovered those cables were attached to an airship, it was like, hey, Brother Vine, look what I just found to wrap around. Something big, fat, and round. <laughs> my, my, I can creep, crawl, and cling all over this thing. Jack, Mojo, Claudine. Contessa, how's things up there? Oh, the jungle is receding. How are you? Oh, we're fine. We're about to start making our way back across the city. Oh, that may not be possible. Uh-oh. What's wrong now? Oh, the jungle is dying. It seems okay from what I can see. It began on the opposite end of the island. Man, I was afraid that might happen. Don't worry. You just stay where you are and we will pick you up. You're bringing Mr. Zeppi here? Yes, yes. They've released the mooring lines and we are now rising above the city. Oh, man. I'll get Jack and Claudine. We'll be standing outside. Just send down that basket. Oh, it's amazing that everything has wilted so quickly. Once we are free of the island, the machines will begin again. You know, I've grown rather fond of this jungle. No. Really? Actually, I have. Ah, the airship is directly above us. <laughs> And here comes our ride. <laughs> our wicker elevator. The basket descends down alongside the building. The three adventurers climb aboard, they bid a fond farewell, but as they begin to rise up into the air... Ouch! What happened? Why did we stop? Uh, Captain? Hello? Why have we stopped? I don't know. Mojo, are we caught on something? I'll take a look. Oh, one of those vines have grabbed us. I thought they were all dying. Uh, try telling that to this one. It don't want to let go. Have the devil vines returned? Look, the jungle is becoming alive again. Mojo, here, take the machete. Now cut the vine. Hurry, more vines are coming. Sorry, Snakey, it's time for a pruning. <laughs> I didn't think you'd like that. Captain, 
Pull us up now. Watch out, there's more. Oh, they're creeping out from everywhere. We're free. Watch it. None of them are reaching out of the trees. This jungle never rests. I think Colette has turned everything back on. I thought she was going to wait until we were on our way. We were on our way. Yeah. Isn't this cutting it a little close? I think we ought to leave a warning sign somewhere. You mean in case another Zeppelin should come floating by someday? What kind of sign, Mojo? Oh, something like, watch out below, mad jungle. Maybe just a skull with vines wrapped around it. Or maybe it should simply say, do not disturb. (laughs) Fair enough. (laughs) Sounds good to me. And so they climb aboard the Great Zeppelin. The captain has recorded the location of the floating island. He has named it Devil's Island. Our three adventurers protested, saying that was misleading. But the captain was clearing vines still clinging to the catwalks. Captain von Baumbaum was in no mood to listen. Natur. Natur. Der Natur kann man niemals vertrauen. Niemals. What do you say? Nature can never be trusted. <laughs> Mojo, you ought to tell the captain your vine theory. You know that vines aren't evil. They're just doing what vines love to do. Uh, I think I'll save that for another day. And now let's return to that mansion at Inverness. Old Art has been tending the furnace that has been providing the steam for these strange dreams that Jack Mojo and Claudine have been experiencing together. They've been up in that room for two days. They ain't come down yet. Old Art trudges up the steps inside the tower. He squeezes through the narrow walls. He stops before the door now marked, Steam Dreamers Welcome. He knocks. Y'all in there? What if I open the door and there's no one? What if that steamoscope or whatever Jack calls that thing just sucked their living souls right out of their bodies and left dry husk just sitting there? Hello? I don't trust no steam dream machine. Well, guess it's time I take a peek. Hmm. Sure's dark in here. And hot and humid. Feels like a jungle. Ooh. But ain't no one moving. Jack, you still breathing? Claudine? She's sleeping like a little girl. Mojo? You do, man. They're all gone off somewhere. I think I'd better shut things down. I think it's time for you all to come on home. And so old art closes the valves on the steam projector. The great machine gives a final hiss 
and falls silent. Old Art sits down and waits. Time passes. The room cools. And finally they awaken. <clears throat> oh. Have a nice nap. Art? Uh, oh, man. You all have a good time? We had an excellent adventure. Mm-hmm. Claudine? Hey. Mm-hmm. It's time to open your eyes. Mm-hmm. Why? We've run out of steam. Mm-hmm. Come on. Upsie daisy. Oh, do I have to? Come on. Rise and shine. Hello, Art. Ma'am? Oh, I must look awful. No, ma'am, you look refreshed. (laughs) Yeah, I'll bet. You look reborn. Really? Like a little girl. Hmm, Thank you. Yeah. And so our adventurers tidy up, eat hearty, and meet out on the patio to watch the sun setting over the rolling hills of Inverness. You know, Leo Tolstoy once wrote a little story about prayer. Were we talking about prayer? Well, I was sure thinking about it when we were on that island. I want to hear the story. There was a lake with an island, and it became famous because of three saints. And, uh, you know, the high priest, he had never heard of these saints because... The church had never certified them, but miracles were happening and people were going there by the thousands. Oh, this was in Russia, right? That's right. So he went out on a boat to the island where these three guys lived, and he could see there were poor, simple folks. They had nothing. They were sitting under a tree laughing, having a good time. But when they saw this distinguished-looking priest in his shiny, expensive robes, they got up and bowed down. The priest said, There are rumors. You are great saints. Tell me, how do you pray? And they said, well, we never knew the right way to pray, so we invented our own prayer. And the priest said, tell it to me. They said, God is thought of as a trinity. God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. And we are also three. So we decided on, you are three, we are three. Have mercy on us. That was their prayer? That was it. (laughs) So what did the priest think of that? Oh, man, he was pissed. (laughs) I mean, really offended. He said, I never heard of a prayer like that. That's nonsense. You aren't saints. You're simply stupid. (laughs) That wasn't very nice. Well, he was an important man. For him, religion was serious business. So what did the saints do? They fell at his feet and they said, teach us the authentic prayer. So the priest told them the prayer of the Russian Orthodox Church. It was long, complicated, lots of big words. Man, it just went on and on. (laughs) When he finished, the three guys looked at each other like they'd never remember all those words. So they asked him to repeat it again. And he did. And then they said, please repeat it once more and he did and then they thanked him and the priest felt good because he had done a good deed he had brought these three foolish men back to the church and that's the story no no wait 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 for the punchline so the priest went sailing off on his boat 
But when he was in the middle of the lake, he heard voices calling. And he turned around, and there's these three saints running on the water, calling, Wait, tell us your prayer again. We forgot. Running across the water? Oh, yeah. And what did the priest do? Well, he fell at their feet, and he said, Forget it. Just continue your prayer. <laughs> That's a nice story, Mojo. You can thank Leo. Well, here's to simple saints. And to simple prayer. Oh, man. I'm going to miss that Zeppelin. Are you going somewhere? I thought I'd leave you two alone and head on back home. Mojo, no, don't leave. Matt, the more time I spend up in that room, the more real it feels. And one day, I just may not want to come back down. Yeah, I've been thinking the same thing. Oh, but it is just a dream. I know that now. But when I'm in it, man, I don't know the difference. Do you, Claudine? Of course I do. Are you certain about that? I am. And I will look after both of you. And what about your imaginary friend? Colette? She will help me. Oh, that's reassuring. Don't make fun. Did she not help us to escape from that crazy jungle? <laughs> you know, you're right. She did. <laughs> yeah, but just barely. Man, those vines were going after us with a vengeance. She's still like a child, though, isn't she? Colette has grown up. But yes, she is very childlike. Sometimes it's nice to have a little innocence hanging around. Sometimes they see things we can't. Because we're jaded, huh? <laughs> no, because you're bullheaded. <laughs> you know, I recall Captain Baumbaum saying there were more islands out there somewhere. Well, to tell you the truth, I wouldn't mind seeing maybe another one or two. How about you? You like being on that Zeppelin, don't you? Oh, man, I love it. I want to learn how to fly that thing. Jack, let's go back, all right? Hmm. More islands in the sky. Just floating out there somewhere. Tempting, isn't it? Maybe. Just a little. Come here. Thank you. For what? For dreaming with me. Really? Mm-hmm. Oh, you know what they say. No, what? What we see and what we seem are but a dream within a dream. example of branding our brain was the Black Hole of Calcutta. The British East India Company had become a little pushy, and the Nawab of Calcutta, whose territory they were infringing upon, decided to push back by stuffing a bunch of Englishmen into a small room on a hot Bengal night. A number of them died. No one knows how many. The numbers were inflated to make it appear even worse than it was. The British East India Company knew how to spin the English press by calling the Indians barbaric 
and demanding retribution, they could justify their invading and conquering the entire subcontinent. And to this day, the black hole of Calcutta is branded into our brains. Clarify this for me, Footsfoots. You said Lady Windermere and the Tsarina were good friends, but when it was revealed that the Russians were plotting with the Huns to divide up the world, didn't this make the Tsar's empire appear slightly evil? No, of course not, Cal Potter. You know that history is always edited, so with a little snip-snip, the Ruskies appeared as though they rejected the offer, and Von Snipe was branded as the man. Who will stop at nothing? Exactly. Sir Basil Hounder of Scotland Yard, do come in. Thank you, Lady Chatterley. Tea, Basil? Yes, please. I've come on a rather delicate matter. Your superior, Lord Wellington, has been cavorting with a woman by the name of Marlena Blitzkrieger. The German spy, I know. Oh, you know. One lump or two, doesn't everyone? Two. I assume Lord Wellington has told you that he's merely... Stroking her for all the information he can squeeze from. Ah, yes, it could be put that way. And you fear that Blitzkrieger, who I understand is one hot crowd, is pumping Sir Boots for all he's worth. Boots assures me that he's been feeding her misinformation. And she is doing the same for him. Is there a problem? He believes everything that she's told him. In fact, we've acted upon it. You mean that hideous, though I must say humorous, monumental painting of Queen Victoria with moustache and Van Dyke on the White Cliffs of Dover? Blitzkrieger told Lord Wellington it was King Ferdinand of Spain who commissioned the painting. I know. Lady Chatterley, you and your Pinkerton pranksters doctored photos of the King of Spain prancing nude with the Vienna Boys Choir. It was convincing, wasn't it? It was slanderous. But Basil, that's what we do. Do you ever consider the repercussions? This could mean war. We're not going to war with Spain. I mean, not again, or certainly not at this moment. In fact, it was the Belgians who got blamed. Spain has demanded an apology. If they don't receive it, they may attack Belgium. Well, Belgium is certainly not going to apologize for something that we did. But... Calm down, Basil. Don't you see this is the work of Professor von Snipe? The man who will stop at nothing? Blitzkrieger is von Snipe's protégé. She is a key component in von Snipe's nefarious department of doom and gloom. Basil, what do you want me to do? Talk to Lord Wellington. Oh, it's hopeless. Marlene Blitzkrieger is holding his nuts. So Sir Boots is lost? He's finished? I can recommend a nice sanitarium. Ah, so that was when Sir Boots was put away. No, not yet. It was at this point that the Contessa Rosalina Catalina Chianti arrived in Paris on the midnight zeppelin from Milan. The Contessa? The infamous Italian femme fatale? Also known as Deglo Red. No! Surely that cannot be, Footsfoots. We weren't aware of that at the time. Contessa Rosalina Catalina Chianti's Deglo Red? The Contessa was a spy for the Vatican. But... Cowpotter, the fall of Rome was a myth. Rome never fell, it was simply taken over by the church. Now, also arriving in Paris, on that midnight zeppelin, was the Blackamoor, 
Do you mean Sultan Abdullah Akman Orbanman? The same Sultan who the Coochie Man had impersonated back in London. The Coochie Man and his great white robot was still in Paris? Oh, yes, and also in Paris were Lady Windermere, the Tsarina of Russia, Professor Ludwig von Snipe, Marlena Blitzkrieger, Sir Boots Wellington, Sir Basil Hound, and of course the Sultan and the Contessa Rossellini Cantalina Chiantes, who, as we now know, is De Glowland. This is beginning to sound like a French farce. It was farcical, except when the final curtain came down, we found ourselves at war. But wasn't the war quite lucrative for you, Footsfoots? I mean, with those strange steam-powered weapons of destruction that you'd invented. <sighs> Creating contraptions to send thousands of souls off to purgatory was not something I particularly enjoyed, Calputer. But back to our story. The one key player not in Paris at that time was Lady Chatterley of the Pinkerton Pranksters. But you said she was responsible for launching the war. She did not have to be in Paris to make her presence felt. Do you have footage of the Paris fiasco? Was it documented by Lady Windermere's recording cylinder that you'd installed in her brass puzzle? It was, but also at that time I, too, was in Paris. There were a number of devices of destruction invented for the not-so-great war, but wasn't one of the more positive inventions the computer? Our early computers were monsters. They were the size of steam calliopes. In fact, for our early prototypes, we used steam calliopes. Our very first prototype was called the Hooter. It was hardly more than an adding machine that let out a burst of steam and howl every time you pressed the key. The early steam-driven mainframes were monstrous, but weren't you also credited with the invention of the first portable prototype? I was. We developed the portable personal computer by adding wagon wheels beneath the calliope. And over time, we were able to mute the howling. And that, in fact, radically changed our style of writing. In what way? The words we chose were less shrill, less... Cacophonous? Yes. There were many things invented for the not-so-great war, many we are still living with today. And some, I'm sad to say, will never go away. So, Lady Wendy, you got your snapshots of Von Snipley's map? I did. In fact, it was in the papers this morning. Did you see it? Oh, yeah. When I was sitting in the cafe crunching on the croissant, everyone was talking about it. And what was their reaction? People had the feeling there's going to be a war. Oh, I'm afraid I may have aggravated things, Coochie. Well, you never know how things are going to go. How long will you be in Paris? Maybe another day. Do you know who arrived last night on the Midnight Zeppelin? The Sultan. You mean Abdullah Akman Arobanman, the, the real Blackamoor? The same. What's he doing in Paris? We believe he's meeting with Professor Von Snipe. Oh, man. Them two knows I am personally the Sultan. When Snipey tells him I'm in town, that sultan is going to come looking for the coochie man. I think it's time I go back on down to Dixie. Coochie, I need just one little favor. No, no, no. It's time I shuffle on off to Sweet Home, Louisiana. Hear me out, Coochie, please. Lady Wendy, I know you want to sell us go with that black boy, but that sultan travels with an entourage. And I know some of those servants are assassins. But Coochie... When they eat that hashish, they are fearless. I think it's time for me and Mr. Cracker to put on our pants and just tiptoe on out of here. Nothing will happen to you, Coochie. I love Paris. But I got a franchise of juke joints down south. It's time I stoke up the great white robot and we steam on out of here. All I'm asking... Plus, 
there's going to be a war. Man, I can smell it. Smells musky. It's like fear and intercourse. I don't know why they go together, but it's too crazy for Coochie. All right. All right. I appreciate all you've done. Goodbye, Coochie Coochie Man. <laughs> so long, my lady Wendy. You be good now. That was rather touching. Yes, it was. But things didn't work out as planned for the Gucci man. Why from Pedro? And there it was. Good old Jack. The thrilling conclusion. Jack Flanders, Steam Dreamers of Inverness. <laughs> Brother Matt thinking of some steamers. Yeah, a pot of steamers would be yeah. pretty good right now on a little Sunday he afternoon. He said, yeah, somewhere. Uh, last week over 22nd Chippewa, Street. Yeah. Yeah. There's plans for Pedro. They opened a big 7-Eleven. The first time I saw a two-story 7-Eleven. Yeah, trippy. I guess Brother Matt says there's offices or something, but they brought yeah, Laker no. girls. Laker girls were there. Because, yeah, there's nowhere to spend money <laughs> except early Saturday morning to go to fish with the <laughs> mm-hmm. Asian people and yeah. the people. But they weren't. Kim's taking me there. Uh, that's a cool spot. Sometimes some dudes are bringing the same old fish back. Uh-huh. Like, Kim was like, Punk, <laughs> Mr. Mike. <laughs> hey, my brother Matt's saying there's nowhere to spend money, so they had to like fortify the place with some cuisine to bring in a crap Donald's. Mickey D. I heard they're also stuff. gonna extend out the red car. Yeah, it should. It's, it's gonna a, go all the way to Cabrillo Beach. It's cool. It's a train to nowhere right now. Yeah, right. Um, they it should. Twenty second. They should really hook it up cruise through Wilmington along the back waters of the harbor and hook up to the blue line. Yeah. So you get so it's really serving a purpose. Yeah. Sniff some tourist at the Yeah. But to, I guess from the cruise ships to the marina. Yeah, they got their whole plan of the whole Marina del Pedro trip. Well the the cruise ships ships they want to put them down there. Yeah, they they're working on it already. Yeah. They got all the new palm trees all because lined up all the way down. Boats can't get down the channels and then they got uh they got the giant ship in a bottle down there. It's a cargo ship in a bottle. It's like a five-foot cargo ship in the bottle. Oh, like a can boat? Yeah, big old, big, old, big old container ship. Yeah, full of cans. And it's not like a little wine bottle type thing. It's like about maybe five, seven-foot big old bottle. Oh, the way so, I like drinking bourbon. So, yeah, yeah. It's like life-size. Bar. Oh, yeah. the big bars. Yeah. <laughs> the big bars. <laughs> So, yeah, it's down in the new Marina del Pedro part. If you cruise down 22nd to Minor, where they yeah. put in all the new the new stuff. There's a new, they extended out the marina. Yeah. Right. Pile driver's been busy. They're driving it. Anyway, back to Jack Flanders at ZBS Media. Mr. Meatball Fulton, thank you for your creation. We didn't mean to get sidetracked on a Pedro steam. It was the steamers. <laughs> the okay, steamers the steam threw dreams. us off. Brother Meatball I'm going to go get some. CBS Media, incredible uh, little steam pot itself, little... Zero bullshit. Yeah, zero bullshit media, <laughs> CBS. It's a little pressure cooker, a little steam dreams. Uh, he's been doing these things. He's mind movies for 40 years now. Yeah, cheers. Go on over to zbs.org. Z is in zebra, B is in... Bullshit. Bastard. Bullshit. And uh, S is in uh, shipyard. (laughs) Dot org. 
O-R-G. Go there, man, and check out some of their mind movies and their trips and let Jack take you on some... Sit in his chair. yourself things, yeah. Put you in the old <laughs> chair that don't let go until you get learned really hard. Throw you for the thing. Uh, yeah, so that's some stuff going on in Pedro. That's kind of weird, a little... Little side mission. Yeah, they got that whole new place down there, but there's nothing to do but park. It's like they left some little plots for some kind of plan. They left some warehouses too. Yeah, yeah, they left a cool old warehouse one at least, and and the old at least cool the ones. One, yeah. yeah, but the one on the other side where Crescent is, they should have tore them down. Yeah, and enlarged that park. I remember Skipper Jeff saying, "No one's going to use that park." Every time I pedal, I see dudes down there using that park. Mm-hmm. It's very happening. Yeah, people need parks. You need it. You need it. And uh, his idea was if you have a park, it's going to be a magnet for some, like, trouble. And yeah. Sometimes that happens, but I think it's worth That's the a risk. Different park. Than more uh, <laughs> puck and, yeah. you know, dung bag dispensers like the 11. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes it can come through with a roll of toilet paper stuff, but how many of these you need. Mm-hmm. And, and also the... The little guys have all that already been around, mm-hmm. right there on Pacific and what is it, Nineteenth, mm-hmm. where they put it? Yeah, there's pads already there. Yeah, yeah, and then the other park on the other side of town, they turned to a Target. Target. So they, they need a park. <laughs> that used to be the bakery <laughs> and the drive-in. Yeah, well, part of the drive-ins, I guess. Uh, Industrial mini mall now. Yeah, it's supposed to be some kind of an entrepreneur zone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, there's some funny things in our town. Maybe you can share them with everybody else's town. There's probably parallel universes with these kind of hustles and stuff. Uh, but we don't want to get anybody down. We're going to play some more music then. Yeah, everybody's going through their own shit. <laughs>
by the space pony space pony not just a space pony but the space pony yeah, space pony They're with from, problems uh, 
Italy, Ravenna, where they got uh, Dante buried. You know, they had to like hide his bones and shit. People tried to steal his shit. People from Florence, you know, booted him out. Why did he? (laughs) He wound back. Yeah, (laughs) Now that you're gone, come on. Then we heard Shipwrecked by Sassafras. Sassafras is a new band by uh, Sailor Alexander who used to play with Stab City. And uh, got to play with him right before the tour, in fact. Now we got to do some more gigs there. I got to bring the third opera to uh, Redwood Bar and Grill. Oh, very cool. Very cool. By the way, people, next time I do is going to be Wednesday. Uh, what is Wednesday? K-Town. Be? Wednesday is going to be... 11th? Um, it's 11th of May at K-Town uh, Bootleg Theater over on Beverly. Go to the Hoot page, MikeWatt.com. You can get a list of that. The next day we're up in Sacramento. I know we were just there two weeks ago, but uh, we were invited for a festival called Let It Flow Sacramento mm. Festival. At the press club there. And then uh, Saturday, me and Kay, we did dose practice this morning. Oh, cool. Uh, first week of July, new dose album. Fourth dose album. And uh, we're playing next Saturday. We're playing a benefit. Uh, some uh, guys fighting. Oh, the Clinch Ranch business pretty busy. Oh, the Clinch Ranch action. Clinch yeah. Every three months, new dealio, huh? That's next cool. one's Dose, and after that is the Spiel Gusher, then uh, Sonia de Manaio, huh? Uh, the Italian record, and then uh, three albums with Nels Klein. Not all at once, but uh. staggered up. Awesome. First one, Black Gang. About uh, autumn, actually coming out in the autumn. Three years later. <laughs> yeah. Trip. Uh, back to the, the list of music we just heard. Uh, Heavy Dragon by Trogons. <laughs> and Sunday Morning by Fluke. Uh, yeah, it didn't sound too much like Sunday Morning. In fact, here it's Sunday afternoon. It's coming on 4.30. Yeah. Uh, if we didn't say so before Happy Mother's Day, every one of yes, us indeed. share the mother experience Yay. in some way or another. So, whenever you got ideas about ladies or whatever, always remember there's mother involved. Same with dudes. If there's something happening with dudes, there was a mother involved. There. Yep. Haven't solved that. Yeah, everybody got one. Yeah, that's right. So. Big respect to the Ma's. And, uh, yeah, we were doing dose prac, and my Ma came over. Oh, yeah? And she cool. goes, Michael Watt, I, I got a song on this CD. I can't remember who it was, but I think this should be a, uh, dose should cover this song. <laughs> he looks over at me like, got special request. Yeah, okay, sure. <laughs> I just scored Kay's my students. She's been stooge. doing so much work, she says it's been hard for her. You know, she's got another oh. bass now. Oh. She had that cat, Mark Garza, make a bass for her when the other one was stole, but it mm. came back. It's a little bit different. Kind of the same style and stuff, but because of different woods and different made and everything, it's it's a little different. It's neat. They're both bitching basses. Mark Garza did a great job. Garsguitars.com. G A R Z. U-I-T-A-R-S dot com. Speaking of a sound of basses, you know, James Williamson came to my gig in San Francisco. Yes, he said, that's cool. And he wrote me a couple of days later. He really liked the opera. He yeah. said Tom Raul was playing tag uh-huh. me and shit. But he's like, wow, this bass sound, man. What's this about? 
I go, well, James, that's how I do it. You know, I've been using the same amplifier for 15 years. Eating stuff. We we got to bring that for the some Stooges gigs. I said, okay. <laughs> you know, because I just use whatever they rent me. You know? uh-huh. But he was really tripping on the sound. Wow, bitch. I don't know. It might have been something about the room. And then Bob of the Hill, which was the venue in San Francisco, uh-huh. was good pad. Richard fucking Bonnie's hang. He was there. Right Help on. Us load the equipment. Kenny Briggs went too. At least we saw her when we caught uh-huh. the cabbage. Her back was hurting. She uh-huh. gave but Richard fucking Bonnie was there. Right on. Yeah, big respect. Uh, then KXLU on the 19th. Cool. KXLU.com. Because you only have to live in SoCal to yeah, listen to them. Yeah, it's going to be a now. broadcast of the cool. third opera. Yeah. I like uh, playing my stuff. One of the on coolest station. stations in the whole country. Yeah. It's a big tradition with me, too, of going back, way back. In fact, KCRW wanted me to do it. I said, you wait till June. Because uh, I got backseat. To the <laughs> and then they said something to me about 35 minutes. I said, the opera's 43 minutes long. And we're not getting any slack from. Yeah, I'm quick on the pier in the summer in the Santa Monica. That's a cool deal KCRW does. Yeah? Yes, yeah, right. Santa Monica Pier Thursday nights in the summer, free concerts all summer long. It's beautiful. This is during going the daytime years. show they got. Uh, but this will be 10 p.m. Uh, Cali time, uh, May 19th, playing over the air, the uh, third opera. So guys didn't get to see it or we didn't hit your town. There was a lot of towns you missed. You know, even with all that many gigs. Yeah, 52, no can't no hit them Mem- all. Memphis, yeah. no Nashville, no, no Tennessee, period. No Alabama, no Birmingham, mm. no Mobile, none of the Dakotas, no Cleveland, no Cincinnati. Mm. Sorry, but uh, you can hear it there. And then end of May, Charlie Plymouth's coming to town, so I'm going to give him a tour of Pedro. Cool. And the next day I go do uh, start the summer gigs with the Stooges overseas. Oh, very cool. Uh, I just got my Stooges tickets right now online while we're Charlie. talking. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> September 7th, they're going to play Palladium up in Hollywood. That's ha- that's happened. Some California stooge. Mm. September. Uh, speaking of Charlie Pymel, buddy his, uh, Amanda Schroeder, uh, ended our chunk of music there with Blackbird from Germany there. Uh, Charlie, yeah, he's heard so much about Peter and I want to see. Bitch. He's going to give a reading up in San Francisco with his buddy Roxy Powell. Mm. Both Kansas cats. You know, I got to hang up. The guy picked me up in Kansas City, Missouri to take rejoin me with the missing man Tom Raoul was George who's wasn't from those days but he's been doing a lot of preservation and archiving of that stuff and he was telling me you know the Kansas connection was pretty intense with the beats of course uh, Uncle Bill mm. yeah of Uncle Bill. and then Cassidy wasn't too far what Neil Cassidy Col- was from Col- Denver yeah Colorado guy yeah uh, but very interesting, very uh, big honor for me. I wish the tree was still there at Peck Park that I could show uh-huh. where D. Boone jumped out on me, but it, it's got pulled up. But there's a dent in the ground still, uh-huh. so I could show him that. And uh, that's that's very happening. Uh, very much my honor to get to do that. Yeah, that'd be great. Oh, brother Matt, can you think of anything else? Comeback show. My brain is still like. 
Well, this has been I, I like feel a, on the deck, and it feels like I'm still moving. This been like kind of an anniversary of sorts. Ten years of action since uh, we've years been of the doing some. Pedro show, brother Matt has been helping me do this since May of 2001. Yeah. Wow. I'm sorry run. for the two month gap too, <laughs> but I had to be torn. I, I wanted to do one in the tour, uh, but just I already told you the priority list. Yeah, see, now diary and take some time. Yeah, and I did that every day. Mm. It helped me. helped me give me focus. I'm mm. glad I did that. But I'm glad, too, to be here to do shows with you. Welcome back. Okay. That's uh, been the May 8th, 2011. Well, from Pedro Show, 10 years now we've been doing these. They're all archived at TWFPS.com. Thank you, good people at SiteWorks. Got to conk it, Brother Eric. Oh, right on. Pat in uh-huh. Portland. And uh, they helped bring the show to you. SiteWorks. And... Uh, We'll be back next week, and I'll be playing a lot of the music that mm-hmm. I got from the tour. Mm-hmm. So, everybody, uh, keep your powder dry. <laughs>